0: Welcome to the Inspiring Growth Podcast. I'm Mark P. Fisher, your chief encourager. And I want to invite you to join us in a pivot, Uh, probably an overused word these days. But the broadcast is going to take on a new look from here for the next at least eight weeks, from a long format storytelling interview to shorter episodes with two or three little mini stories. And the goal is really to tell inspiring stories of economic struggle that led to the birth of a new company or a new career. It's really to inspire you to take that ordinary life of yours that's been rocked by the C-19 and to see needs and meet them in the future, to inspire hesitant entrepreneurs to start companies and new careers, to, to change our world for the better one budding entrepreneur at a time. And. I want to use this broadcast to introduce you to each other, and to show you where to get help, and to encourage you to keep going when it gets hard through stories. So today, we begin a new era with the Inspiring Growth Podcast in its third season. I've invited my longtime friend, comedian, and author Amberly Nice, to join me in sharing inspiring stories of economic struggle that led to the birth of a new career or company. It all started, for me, at a small news talk radio station I managed in Washington, D.C. The year was maybe 1989. I heard a Chicago newsman report on a story. His voice, unforgettable. His cadence, attention-grabbing. His outlook on life, inspiring. And then I was invited to hear him speak in person. I heard Mr. Orant address a room of media types and advertising executives, and this is how he started his speech, with these three unforgettable words. I love advertisers. In a world full of bad news, he said, advertisers promise you a better life. More hair, whiter teeth, clearer skin, peace of mind. This man captured me. I had paid attention, of course, first because of my role as the sales manager, It was to convince businesses to advertise on our radio station, but it was his presence, his optimism, that turned me into a bit of a fanboy, honestly. For Mr. Orant, any day was a good day, even if those days started at the ungodly hour of 3.30 in the morning when his alarm went off and he awoke in his West Chicago suburban home. His routine never varied brushed his teeth, showered, shaved, got dressed, ate oatmeal, got in the car, drove downtown. It all took sort of a well-organized 45 minutes or so. Now, what set him apart in a lot of ways was his routine, but also he dressed very formally for a radio guy where no one saw him, (laughs) in shirt, coat and tie, as if going to work as the president of a bank was his look, and in sharp contrast to the very informal and sometimes just sloppy-mannered, common dress for most radio performers. It's all about discipline, Mr. Orient would say. I could go to work in my pajamas, but long ago, I got some advice from the man who engineered for his friend Billy Graham a radio show, and his friend said that one has to be prepared in all ways for the show. If you don't do that in every area, you'll lose your edge. In Mr. Orient's news shows, they were heard twice weekdays and once on Saturday on some 1,100 radio stations across the country and another 400 armed force radio network stations around the world. In addition, for more than 50 years and 36,500 broadcasts, Mr. Orient was heard by millions. That's right, 36,500 episodes of his unique storytelling that ended with this kind of all-American Catchphrase. Good day. You see, although born as Paul H. Oran, we came to know and love him by his middle name, Paul Harvey. And now you know the rest of the story. Hello,
1: Americans. I'm Paul Harvey. You know what the news is. In a minute, you're going to hear the rest of the story.
0: I sure hope you enjoyed that. I did just putting it together, because it was Paul Harvey that inspired me to pivot our Inspiring Growth podcast. And it's in that spirit, we hope to bring you inspiring stories of growth in the weeks and months ahead. Let's just pause for a minute so I can introduce you to a really very inspiring man who's known struggle himself, as well as well, a near-death experience. His story is one of seeing needs and meeting them, and his name is Brian Tome. Sound familiar, Inspiring Growth listeners? Yep. Brian was the guest on the Inspiring Growth podcast where he shared his story of jumping off a river gorge 900 feet when his parachute malfunctioned, and he tells that story on one of our previous podcasts. You might want to go back and listen to that. Well, Brian has a fascinating company that helps people in distress. It's called Red Truck Investments, and I just love what they do. It's, it's named after a 1951 GMC farm truck that Brian bought and restored to new life, kind of like what he does with Red Truck Investments. He buys houses, often houses that are a little run down and need a little TLC, sometimes homes that are in distress. And then he and his team breathe new life into that home, after which they either sell the new beauty or they rent it. One of Brian's clients, the family of an elderly widow who had to go into a nursing home, had a long-time family home that they didn't want anymore, so they called Red Truck Investments. Not only did Brian and Red Truck buy the house quickly at a fair price, but after it was beautifully renovated, Red Truck leased it to this grateful healthcare worker who now calls her home a sanctuary. Hey, listen, if you have a house you need to sell quickly, Start a conversation with Brian Tome on his cell phone at 302-383-8136 or go to redtruckinvestments.com. That's 302-383-8136 or redtruckinvestments.com. Helping distressed homeowners sell their home quickly at a fair price. Now, let's jump back in and hear from our comedian, author, co-host, Amber Lee Neese.
1: The smell of tires and grease filled his nostrils. He had spectated as hundreds of bikes were repaired out of their family home over the years. His father had quite a menagerie of tools and tricks of the trade, but he lacked vision, encouragement for his son, nor the desire for something greater. When his age and curiosity turned to boldness, the young man asked the patriarch why the family business did not include selling new bikes out of their home his father remarked with disdain they could never compete with the large chain stores that could sell them for much less. Those words echoed in the young man's head as he left his childhood home and served as a cryptographer in World War II. He spent his days deciphering cryptic messages for his country and his nights dreaming of owning his own business. When he returned home after four years of service, however, with limited funding and no college education, he decided, with the aid of his uncle, to start selling baby furniture out of the same Washington, D.C. bike shop he had grown to resent as a child. The showroom, once a bicycle hospital, became the maternity ward for the soldier's entrepreneurial dreams. Quickly, the furniture business took off, despite limited seed money, high inflation, and economic uncertainty. Many servicemen were returning home from the war, and the young entrepreneur seized the opportunity to capitalize and strategize on the inevitable baby boom to follow. He doubled down and began to include baby toys as part of his burgeoning company. His risk paid off. He quickly gained the trust of these young families. The business quickly grew to include children's toys as well. With determination and the vision his father had lacked, he grew this toy and furniture business into a giant empire and became the largest chain store of toys in American history, Toys R Us. Charles Lazarus created, despite the economic tumult of his time, what many call one of the first examples of big box retail and became that which his father deemed impossible.
0: All right, Inspiring Growth listeners. Wasn't that fun? Really encouraging. Kind of fun to do the format. Amberly, thank you so much for jumping in to co-host, to find, write, and help me produce this new way we're doing the podcast. So thank you very much. So here's my question for you. What were your takeaways from the Paul Harvey story? What were the lessons you learned?
1: Oh, there were so many. Honestly, uh, Mark, I thought it was fantastic. I I was really inspired by a couple of things. One is that he dressed the part. <laughs> I thought it was so great that he was he was a radio guy and yet he made sure that he looked the part every day. I hear tons of actors that say that the character that they were portraying did not come into fruition really, didn't really truly actualize until they started wearing the costume and then it became a thing and i guess for so many of us who have spent much of this pandemic in our yoga pants i think <laughs> it's exciting that we would be challenged to look the part and really um begin to dress as we know um we've been called to to do that's so true. i think that that's exciting the other thing is i loved the fact that he loves advertisers mm. i mean like what broadcaster loves advertisers mm-hmm. uh i mean Only those who see potential in all the connections as partnerships. Uh, I think that he saw that advertisers were part of um, what he could bring to the table. And because of that, they responded in kind. And I think that that's part of what made Paul Harvey just so amazing. And so for me, I just think, what partnerships do I have right now that I could leverage, that Mm. I could um, not only serve them well, but partner with them um, in an exciting way. So I loved it. I was so glad to hear about Paul Harvey. Thank you so much for sharing that.
0: Yeah. Well, let me tell you about his advertisers. His advertisers loved him. When he spoke, when he when he endorsed a product, and many of them, like Banker's Life and Casualty was a client for 30 years. I mean, they broke the record for ra- wow. radio longevity. So these folks knew that when Paul Harvey spoke of them, he was part storyteller, part salesman, uh but he didn't compromise being a journalist <laughs> which was oh, was so good wow
1: as yeah and since we're in the business of storytelling mark really with inspiring growth what a what a cool thing to say that he understood that that importance of partnership
0: and man
1: what a challenge i love it yeah
0: good lessons all right good good observations
1: all right, so Charles Lazarus. Had you heard of Charles Lazarus before, um, before never, my piece?
0: Never, 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 Dad joke alert, uh, but he did rise to my alertness. Oh, mm.
1: gosh. Mm. Bi- hashtag Bible joke. So mm. good. So so good. I know, but what a, what a cool name. I would love when people are aptly, you know, aptly yeah. named. But yes, yep. Charles Lazarus. Love that story. What were your takeaways from his narrative?
0: I had I had like five takeaways. I'm so Wowza. I'm so glad you found that story. Uh, I think the first one is that he asked good questions. Mm. You know, he jumped in there. He's asking his dad questions. He realized that was a problem. Uh, so that was you know he, the questions revealed some things that he had to he had to ponder. Second thing is that when you have a, a business idea, especially during the pandemic and trying to figure out life afterwards, sometimes you need to think about it for a while while you're doing your other job.
1: Ooh. He,
0: he went off to war, right? Yep. But it, it was in the back of his mind. It was this operating system that was going on. So I really feel like sometimes those are the, the ideas that germinate and, and then grow, but they've been in the ground for a while. So Ooh, I thought yeah. that was good. I, another thing, another observation was that money follows vision. He sought partners who could see his vision and help, like with funding. You know, he he didn't go to his dad. He went to like an uncle or something.
1: Yeah, he did. Absolutely. But he,
0: he cast this vision. What if we did this and did this? And money followed to help him get it started.
1: I never saw anything in all my research about the uncle after that, after that um, one particular thing. And yet, what a challenge to all of us to be the uncle for somebody else, somebody yeah. with a vision that we could come alongside. So good. What else?
0: Two more. My father used to say this to me and I felt it inside this story and that was don't go into business grow into business. Ooh. Right, his dad started something, he jumped in that space, he grew it into a whole new thing.
1: I wonder how hard it was for his dad to move stuff mm. over while mm. his son took over the the storefront. You know, he had to move his bike stuff Ugh. knowing his son's stuff was surpassing. Ooh, that's good.
0: Yeah, let's make up that dialogue. Uh, hey dad, can I have a little bit more space?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like the prime real estate in the very front of the store.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like that yeah. idea is never gonna work. Yeah. Get out of my space.
1: What's interesting is that when he came home from the war, he wanted to go to college uh right away. And his dad said, You're 25, you're too old.
0: Mm. Isn't that crazy? Oh, what people can say things into our lives that oh. mm. Absolutely. Okay. Last observation: uh, Don't try to create waves of demand. Find the waves, like baby boomers, like they mm. he, he saw that there was going to be, and then put your surfboard in front of the wave.
1: Oh yes. Oh, that's so good. Ugh. Good. Well, we're obviously in a in a place in our history that right now we're in the 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 thick of it. But this mm-hmm. could be wonderfully fertile ground for some great ideas and some great leveraging, um, just like our two examples did today. So that is good stuff.
0: Thank you so much, Amberlee. And and Inspiring Growth Lesters, thank you for joining us for this new uh, episodic version of our podcast. We want to inspire you with stories from economic struggle that have led to the birth of companies or careers, and maybe that's going to be you. I want to thank our sponsor, Red truck investments. If you're looking to sell a house in distress and you want a good price and sell it fast, go to redtruckinvestments.com and ask for my friend, Brian. Hey folks, uh, if you'd like to interact and tell us what you're learning from these stories, please go to our Facebook page or our Facebook group, Inspiring Growth Podcast. Jump in, join the conversation, let us know what you're thinking. And also if you know of some stories that we could tell, would inspire others to get going and get started or keep moving through it do the same on our new facebook page inspiring growth podcast that would be awesome hey thanks dylan garvin for producing this podcast and for the good folks over at prescott who opened up their church studios for amber lee and folks i just want to say thank you for being a part of the inspiring growth podcast go tell your friends share this with your friends rate it review it whatever it takes we would love to be able to inspire thousands of people to start businesses as a result of this crisis. I'm Mark B. Fisher and Amber Lee Neese. Nice. Yes. We are glad that you've joined us. And remember, folks, the best way to connect and grow with relationships is to be present, be kind, and ask good questions. I'm Mark B. Fisher, your Chief Encourager. We'll see you next week.